it's a nice town. People are nice. The area is nice. Community spirit. We have uh, parks around here and rivers and lakes and fishing and hunting and good farm people. That's Gerhard Locke. He lives in Fairbury, Nebraska, a town of about 3,600. Oh, and here in Jefferson County, the automobile license plates generally start with the number 33, which for us is a good number because in 1933 Hitler came to power. And he's a Nazi. We distributed more literature in Germany and worldwide by a wide margin than any other organization on the face of the planet. I founded it and I led it. Hate groups in America are nothing new, but since the invention of the internet, the first black president of the United States, and a fractured media landscape, times have definitely changed. I'm Storm Jones. This is Hate in America. In this chapter, the evolution of hate. Even with all of the changes, one of the oldest and most violent hate groups in the country is still around, the Ku Klux Klan. Around here, it's not men killed to ice teeth. That's Thomas Pugh from Philadelphia, Mississippi. I'm the national leader of my particular Klan organization. I'm the national president. But the rules still apply to me as anybody else in this organization. Uh, as I often tell people, you know, Coaches often tell their players there's no I in the word team. Well, if you'll notice, there's no I anywhere in the words Ku Klux Klan. There's not just one Ku Klux Klan organization operating in the United States. There are many smaller groups that fall under the larger umbrella of the Klan. Pugh says he felt like he needed to start his own chapter in 2008, just before the election of Barack Obama, the United States' first black president. Well, a, another Klan group that was demonstrating on the campus of Ole Miss, and really just, well, they didn't do a very good job also. And there were some folks from out of state that said, you're going to have to form a new Klan down there in Mississippi in order to redeem the good name of the Klan down there. And I knew they were right. Some signs show older groups like the Klan are struggling to stay relevant among a younger generation of far-right activists. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, the number of active Ku Klux Klan groups fell by nearly half between 2016 and 2017, from about 130 to 72. We know what the perceptions of the Klan are in popular society right now. And it's, even though it's not entirely accurate, it's still the popular perception. We can't do anything about that right now. Uh, that's one reason why I have to keep my identity concealed. As the number of hate groups in the U.S. rose for the third straight year in 2017, many groups are ditching the hoods and capes and taking up polo shirts and khaki pants, showing their faces in the streets and on camera. We're coming on the air now with breaking news from Charlotte. Two people have been injured in an altercation with protesters. On the streets of Charlottesville today, the hate boiling over. Hundreds of white supremacists, some giving Nazi salutes, held a torch-lit rally yesterday. He's wearing their signature uniform, white polo shirt and khaki pants. They were all very well lit. They were all very, very well photographed. 
Fox News alert right now. New information and video on those reports of that car crash you were looking at in Charlottesville. You know that she's from 17 miles up the road from Ruckersville, Virginia, 32 years Screams old. and panic as 20-year-old Nazi sympathizer James Alex Fields Jr. drove his car into a crowd of counter-protesters. Heather Heyer was killed. It's an absolute miracle that only one person died in Charlottesville. There was thousands of people in the streets. That's Jeff Scoop. He's the commander of the National Socialist Movement and one of 21 alt-right leaders being sued for the August 2017 violence in Charlottesville. He says the National Socialist Movement has seen an uptick in morale since the election of President Donald Trump. And according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, the number of neo-Nazi groups like his grew by 22% last year. A lot of the statements he was saying, America first, American jobs, let's shut down the borders, these are all things that, uh, I mean, are almost identical to things we've been saying for years, you know, so it's almost uh, a lot of those platitudes came right out of our playbook in a sense. In an effort to give a more mainstream appearance, Scoop says his movement has ditched the swastika logos for public events, although the group still uses the symbol for internal meetings. They've also made efforts to hide the group's infatuation with Adolf Hitler. The group's website name still references Hitler, but it's not something Scoop wanted to talk to me about. The uh, website, nsm88.org. What's the 88? Oh, that, that's, uh, um, not, I'm not going to discuss that. I'm sure you can, you can uh, put it together, research it, but I'm not going to answer that question. But how does, like, uh, an infatuation with Adolf Hitler, how does that fit into who the National Socialists are? Well, who's saying there's an infatuation with Hitler? Does I mean, the 88 mean Hail Hitler? That's possible. So, um, there's a, I don't like to speak about the, I mean, I know a lot of things about history and so-called Holocaust and German history, American history, so on and so forth, and it just doesn't resonate with a lot of people. The face and appearance of hate isn't the only thing that's changed. The pipeline in which hateful messages and propaganda spread has become radically more accessible. In Nebraska, Gerhard Locke, often referred to as the Farm Belt Fuhrer, claims to have distributed millions of leaflets and stickers across Europe in the 1990s. Well, a primary offensive weapon were swastika stickers. They're basically two by four inches of the big swastika on it. We move them by the millions every year in the Germany. That was until Locke was arrested in Denmark on an Interpol warrant in 1995. After serving four years in a German prison, he returned to the United States in 1999. Just six months later, Google's search engine went public. And four months after that, in early 2000, Locke had his first website. Uh, during the first year, our own website had 2.2 million hits. The second year, we had 10 million hits, and we grew up to the point of about 60 million hits a year. Now, because we already set up for, for websites, uh, in those days, bandwidth was a big issue. So we decided to go into it wholesale, to get a better rate on bandwidth, then we had to get like 10 websites at a crack, whatever. I think the fourth step is going from like one to 10. So if we need 10 websites, we went to the website reselling business. So we'd sell websites, we sell websites. Locke eventually cut out the last remaining middleman and just purchased his own servers. From rural Nebraska, he now has control over the pipeline of websites, delivering hateful material into home computers and onto cell phone screens 
across the world. In December alone, we added 100 websites in 36 languages in one month. As we drive with Lack across rural Nebraska, he says people in this part of the world are optimistic about the country's future. The fact that Trump is able to be elected despite the fact that both political parties and the mainstream media were against him shows that the American people are basically fed up with this political correctness, this PC nonsense, and that they're open to a message such as Trump gave them. Now, right now, he's trying to put a curb on illegal immigration, but the courts are blocking him. So what's going to happen is, is the, are the courts going to finally rule for him, or uh, is Congress going to pass a law he can do something? Is he going to find some executive action, or is he going to eventually just say the hell with it, declare martial law, <laughs> and possibly trigger a civil war revolution? I don't know what's going to happen. But we're preparing for various options. National Socialist Commander Jeff Scoop, Imperial Wizard Thomas Pugh, and Locke all have one thing in common. They try to stick to economic and rule of law issues to justify their actions. Because openly hating another person simply for the color of their skin, religion, or sexual orientation is still too great of a burden to bear, even for the leaders of some of the nation's most hateful groups. If someone asked if I was a Nazi, I could say, look, what do you mean by Nazi? Do you mean the, the, the Hollywood version, which is anybody who wants, somebody wants to gas everyone who doesn't blonde hair and blue eyes? Or do you mean the politically correct version, who is anybody who did not vote for Hillary Clinton? I'm sort of halfway between the two. That's actually a pretty accurate description, too. I don't, I don't think I have any hatred in my heart for anybody, you know, unless they have it coming. But as a, you can't just say, like, I hate a whole race of people. That's ignorant. You know, I prefer not to. If you join the Klan because you hate anyone, whether it's blacks, uh, Hispanics, Jews, Orientals, even homosexuals or race mixers, you're joining for the wrong reason. We're not in it to hate anybody. We're in it to look out for our own. I'm Storm Jones. News 21 fellows Ashley Hopko and Alexis Eglin contributed to this chapter. Hate in America is part of a larger project produced by Carnegie Knight News 21, an investigative program headquartered at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication in Phoenix, Arizona. This year's project was produced in partnership with ProPublica's Documenting Hate Initiative. To submit a report about a hate incident, visit ProPublica.org. On the next chapter. The possibility of a future as a minority, and it, it's absolutely not one that I look forward to. Nobody tells, you know, those who marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with Martin Luther King that they did the wrong thing. And this was the Edmund Pettus Bridge of 2017.